Parshas Vayera is a loaded parsha. There are many interesting episodes and topics in Parshas Vayera. But the most prominent topic is the Akedah at the end of the parsha. And what I would like to do today is focus on a few aspects of the Akedah that maybe are unknown, and primarily to focus on the commentary of the Malbim. And we'll see, the Malbim was one of the Achronim. He was born in the year 1800, passed away in the year 1880. And uh, he was orphaned at a very young age. And at the age of 20 already, he started writing his first sefer, the Artsos Achayim. He was a rub in many different kehilos. Here for five years, there for seven years, there for another 15 years, until finally he had enough of the Rabbanus. You know, he said, enough already. <laughs> and he decided he was just going to sit and learn. And his wife had a store, a wine store, and she was going to support him because actually he, uh, he, he had a big Yerusha. A big inheritance fell to him. So he figured, you know, he'll be able to sit and learn. And uh, one time, uh, the, his wife's partner in the business swindled her out of the, all her money. Malvin got very upset, and he, uh, he calls him up to the Torah, and he says, I want you to know you took away my livelihood. I'm not moichol you. That week, the man went to the next world. Yeah, so the Malvin was one of the gedoyle oilam. In fact, the briskers even say there are three achroinim that have the power of Rishon. You know, Rishon, Rashi, Rambam. Of course, the briskers say Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim brisker, and the Vilna Gain, and the Malvin. Okay. By the way, when the, Malbim, when the Malbim was Nifter and the Chavar Kaddisha came in, they could not deal with the body because it emanated a powerful light and they had to wait some time before they, they uh, were metapo with the body. Okay, so we're going to learn a few very important insights from the Malbim and we begin with the beginning of the Akedah, Perik Chav Beis, Pasuk Aleph. Yeah. He was almost going to be chief rabbi of New York, but he was very, very old. Very good. He was offered the position. Okay. If you look in Perk Chav Beis, Pasuk Aleph, it says, God tests Abraham. Abraham says, Shem, I'm ready. Hashem says the following, Take your son, your only son, that you love, Take Yitzchak. Hashem says, bring him to Haram Maria and bring him up as a carbon ola. And Rashi immediately picks up on the fact that there are many phrases here that are superfluous. Just say, take Yitzchak. We all know Yitzchak's his son, his only one, the one that he loves. Why does Hashem, you know, stretch out the point? Your son, your only son, the one that you love, Yitzchak. Why all these specifications? Just say Yitzchak. Yitzchak alone, that sums it all up. So Rashi says that Hashem first said, take your son. So Abraham said, which one? I have two. I have Yitzchak, I have Yishmael. So Hashem said, you're only one. So Abraham said, I have two only ones. This one, Yishmael is the only one of Hagar, and Yitzchak's the only one of Sarah. So Hashem, uh, Hashem said, Asher Ahavta, that you love. Abraham said, I love both of them. Hashem said, Yitzchak. And Rashi says, why did Hashem do it like that? He didn't want to shock him. If Hashem would come and say, Go take Yitzchak. Whoa, you know, that would have been like too startling for Abraham. And perhaps Abraham, Rashi says, would have, uh, in a moment of, uh, of almost shock, 
he would have gone ahead with the Nisayon without having thought it through. So Hashem wanted him to have done it with a clear, with a clear mind. However, the Malbum says something very important. And that is, what was the purpose of the Akedah? The purpose of the Akedah was for Abraham to show himself, to show Hashem, to show the world that despite what a person loves, the greatest love in the world is the love for the Yibanishalim. That's That love should be foremost in our heart. Now what would have happened if when Abraham was about to shecht Yitzchak, he said, oh, I can't do this, oh, what am I doing? Okay, uh, let me block this out of my mind. You know, uh, this, is, uh, this is not my son. Okay, it still would have been a great challenge, but it wouldn't have been, it would have minimized the Nisayon. Or what if Abraham would have said, okay, uh, you know, I'll make believe I don't love him, or I'll make believe he's not such a great kid. That would have minimized the Nisayon. Hashem said, no, when you do the Akedah, I want you to focus on certain things. You know what I want you to focus on? Focus on the fact that he's your son. Don't block that out of your mind. If you're going to block that out of your mind, you sort of... Uh, render pointless the Honi Sion. I want, while you're shechting Yitzchak, think about the fact he's my son. Don't worry, not, not, not you. Right? I hope. <laughs> Even though there's Akeda Yitzchak, but, you know, I don't have to worry. So, focus on the fact this is your son. And not only focus on the fact that you're your son, focus on the fact this is your only son. Because Yishmael, technically, even though he is Abraham's son, is not is not traced after Abraham, and we'll see why. <coughs> Focus on the fact that you love him. Don't forget about the fact that you love him. And the more you think about how much you love him, the greater the gift that you're giving me. Because when you give a, when you give a king a gift, the more you appreciate what you're giving up, the more you're giving. And don't forget about the fact that he's Yitzchak, that he's the God of Hadar, he's a Tamar Chacham, he's a Tzaddik. So these are things that the Malbim says that Hashem wants Abraham to concentrate on. In other words, to make the Nisayon complete and perfect, don't forget about the fact that these, you're overcoming these things. Don't block these things out of your mind. You're overcoming. Think about how much you love Him, how great He is, how He's your only Son. And then the Avas Hashem will come all the way even to conquer that. Interesting, the Archaim HaKadosh says, that these three specifications, as bincha, as yechidcha, asher ahavta, correspond to the three ways in which we have to love Hashem. We say in Kriya Shema, Hashem you should love Hashem, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your possessions. And Hashem was saying, all these three things in you, in you, Abraham, are expressed to your son. You love him, and yet, you're going to give it up for me. Okay. So now something very interesting. Abraham, he heads off to Har HaMoriah, and he takes two, uh, two attendants with him. Who does he take? He takes Eliezer and Yishmael. And he says to Eliezer and Yishmael, if you take a look, in Pasuk, hey, Vayoymer Abraham al Na'arav, Shavu Lachem Po, you, you guys stay here with the donkey. You guys stay here. Stay back with the donkey. I have to go take care of some personal business. But why, why, why they don't mention the names? They mention donkeys. They don't mention the names. So Abraham said, stay here with the donkey. And the Gemara in Kedushin says something very interesting. Abraham wasn't just saying, stay back here with the donkey. Because then he could have just said, stay back here. You know what Abraham was saying? You are like a donkey. You, Yishmael. <laughs> 
You're like a donkey. Meaning what? And what? That's not the biggest compliment you could give to your child, right? But what he was saying, a halacha. And that is, the same way when it comes to a donkey, the lineage of the father is irrelevant. We don't care who the donkey's father is. There's no such thing as fatherhood when it comes to donkeys. It's the mother. The father, who knows who it could be, right? The same way Avram was saying, there's no lineage, there's no yichas when it comes to chamar. You, Yishmael, have no lineage. In other words, you're not connected to me. Because the halacha is, when a Jewish woman, excuse me, when a man lives with a shifcha, right, a slave, if a Jewish man lives with a non-Jewish slave, the child is not related to him, is not meyuchas acharav, is not connected to him, he's a guy, and he's not related. So therefore, you know what Abraham was saying to Yishmael? You, Yishmael, you know your mother is Hagar. I lived with Hagar. But I want you to know, just like a chamar, just like a donkey has no relation to the father, there's no yichas to the father, there's no, we don't attribute the child to the father, so too you, Yishmael, I'm teaching you a halacha, you are not related to me. That's a halacha. Am hadoy malachamar, right? Shavulachem poem hachamar, you stay here with the donkey, meaning not just stay back with the donkey, but I'm teaching you a halacha, and that is, when a man lives with a shivcha, the child is like a donkey. Right? The child is not related. So the question is, that the Beis HaLevi asks, that, okay, it's a very nice halacha, very interesting halacha, what does it got to do with the Akedah? Why is Abraham choosing to teach this halacha tishma at this juncture? What does this have to do with anything? Because I guess uh, they should stop fighting. So, you know... Ishmael and... Uh, and uh, so Beis HaLevi says... They stop fighting, who's going to be the her- Yerusha? Who's going to be Yerusha? Gonna oh, Yishmael, Yishmael did not know what Abraham was about to do. But listen to what the Beis HaLevi said. Beis HaLevi says that Abraham was about to slaughter his son. The challenge of that is much greater if Abraham thinks, this is my only child. But so long as Abraham thinks to himself, okay, you know, it's not a good thing to shecht your child. But at least I have Yishmael. So that really minimizes the Messiah. So you know what Abraham is doing? He wants to do this test, pass this test with flying colors and give up everything. So you know what he says to himself? Abraham, you should know that this child is not related to you. He's not your son. He's not meyuchas acharav. So what does Abraham say? Yishmael, stay back with the donkey. In other words, in the, in the eyes of Hashem, and according to Halacha, you're like a donkey. You're not related to me. And therefore, when I'm going to shecht Yitzchak, it will be as if I'm shechting my only child. This was all part of Abraham working on himself, that when he gives up Yitzchak, it's not just he's giving up a child, he's giving up his only child. Because there's no comparison between someone who gives up a child and someone who gives up their only child. Okay. Last week we discussed that in the Marsha. And also, you should call them, not you like a chamar, you are a chamar. Okay. Rabbi Isai, here's another thing we're going to think about. And that is, why would Abraham tell Yishmael and Eliezer, stay back? Why do you tell them to stay back? Why don't, why don't you take why them with him? Them? Why do you take them with him? Okay, so why is that a reason not to take them? Says the Malbim, says the Malbim, something very interesting. The Malbim says that Abraham Avinu 
kept the entire Torah before it was given. How did Abraham Avinu keep the Torah before it was given? How did he know about all the mitzvahs? So he says something very interesting. Abraham Avinu's neshama was so pure and polished and clear and uncloudy that his neshama was like a reflection of God above. So Abraham, for most people, the neshama is clouded with the Yetzirah, with their own personal agenda, with taiva, with desire, with all kinds of muddiness and cloudiness. Avraham Avinu's neshama, what the Malbam calls something which is very interesting we could think about, he calls it Asfaklar Yahameira, which really is a term only used by Moshe Rabbeinu. It was like a clear lens. And that means whatever God wanted was reflected on the neshama of Avraham Avinu. So Avraham Avinu, he would wake up in the morning and he would say, I could do whatever Hashem wants. You know why? Because I know what Hashem wants. It's reflected on my neshama. So Avram Avinu sat in the sukkah because he knew if Hashem wanted it, Avram Avinu had it planted on, on his neshama. He, he ate matzah on Pesach. He wore tefillin and he wore talis. And there's one thing Avram Avinu went around doing more than anything else and that is he promulgated the idea that idolatry is bogus. It's false. It's sheker. It has no basis. And it doesn't make any sense. And especially what's the most illogical thing about idolatry is the fact that in those times, people would constantly sacrifice their children to their idols. And Avraham Avinu said, no, this is not something God wants. And they would say, how do you know Avraham? And Avraham would say, I know. <laughs> I know. He knew. Logically. And he really knew. He really knew that's not something that God wanted. And then one day, Avraham Avinu gets a message. Right? He gets, Hashem says, Avraham, I want you to take your son and slaughter him. And Abraham said, what? One second. I thought I always knew what you wanted. So Abraham said, let me, you know, check my neshama. Let me check the program. It wasn't there. So Abraham, you know, what's going on? I always know what God wants. And log intuitively and logically and through this process, Abraham, you knew this is something God doesn't want. And yet God told me to do it. So this was something that Abraham was extremely ashamed of where his whole life he's teaching and preaching that this specific act is something God detests and abhors and finds disgusting. And now he's forced to shecht his own son? Aaron Avinu says, look, I got to do it. God told me, but I don't want anybody to see. He was embarrassed. He doesn't want anyone to learn from it. And he's embarrassed how this went against his entire career. And therefore, Avram tells Elias and Yishmael, uh, you stay behind, I have some business to tend to. Okay, let's move on a little bit. I just want to throw out something very interesting. And that is, as a Mishnah Masech Avodah Zarah, the Rabbi Akiva says, But it doesn't make sense. Avram didn't know. Avram, yeah, he knew. He knew he was supposed to shakti the Yitzchak. Elias and Yishmael knew what's going to happen. The Midrash said they knew what's going to happen. Okay, we'll have to see. I just want to throw out one thing. There's a Mishnah Masech Avodah Zara. Mishnah says that Rabbi Kiva said he knows he has a tradition that any mountain in Eretz Yisrael, any tall mountain, any tall hill, every tree was idolatry was served on that mountain and that hill. Rabbi Kiva says, if you look, it's in the number five. Amr Rabbi Kiva. Kamakim she'atamaitzei har gavaya v'giva nesoa v'yitzranon Any mountain, any hill, any leafy tree, da she'yesham 
Avodas Koychavim. Idols were served there in the times of the Canaanim. Avodas was rampant. And every mountain in Israel, idols were served. So ask Taisus. What? Avodas Koychavim. That's Avodas Zara. It's called Avodas Koychavim. We'll have to leave that for later. That's what the mission said. Um, right, one second. I'm going to interrupt you because we say we're not. We're going to leave time for questions and then we're going to take it after. Okay? If you don't mind, I apologize. The mission says every mountain idolatry was served out. So Tosus asks a question. Tosus asks, then how could we build the base of Mikdash? Because where was the base of Mikdash built? Hara Maria. So, but Rabbi Kiva says every mountain idols were served on, and if idols were served on it, that renders it unfit. It's like a church. Can't make a shul. But you can make a, you can make a shul at the church. If uh, if the church goes bankrupt, if yeah. you do it pr- through a process, yeah, but on a mountain, no, no, that's only. This is different because if the mountain was served as idols, according to the opinion that Nevad becomes Avodah itself, you can't make a base of mikdash there because the, the mountain itself becomes an Avodah So that's Tosus's question. But you're allowed to make it kodesh, you're allowed to make it holy. Nah. Let's say, for instance, an animal that was served as an idol, uh-huh. nothing you could do. It's nevad, it's asr bahana forever. So the question is, there, if... There is a big issue in New Jersey, I, I forgot the... the that's, because, that's different, because the building itself was not served as Avalazar. Avalazar was served in it, in it, not it was served. Uh, okay, okay, if something is object, it's... An object that is served, uh-huh. yeah. Not, okay. So that's Tosa's question. Tosa's answer is a very interesting answer that it was made into the Beis HaMikdash through the Navi, through the Prophet. What does that mean? What does it mean it was made into the Beis, into the Beis HaMikdash through a Navi? What's that supposed to mean? So the Chassam Sofer writes in a tshuva. Chassam Sofer writes in the name of his Rebbe. Anyone know who the Chassam Sofer's Rebbe was? Rav Nassim Adler. And he says like this. The Medrash tells us that when Avraham Avinu was looking for the place that God wanted him to shech the Yitzchak. He looked at it, and it wasn't there. You know why? Because there was no mountain there. It was a valley. It was an Amek. And Avraham says to himself, What? This is the future place of the Beis HaMikdash? God doesn't rest in a valley, in a pit. God should rest on a mountain. Avraham Davin, says the Medrash, and God turned it into a mountain. That's what the Medrash says, Medrash Tan Chuma. That at first it was a pit, it was an Amek, and Avraham said, What? It's not covered of the Rabbanishlam for God to rest in an Amek, so Avraham Davin and Hashem turned it into a mountain. Says Achsam Sofer, it comes out that it's true every mountain, according to Abakiva, was served as an idol, but if let's say somebody comes into a shul and starts worshipping it, they can't, prohi- they can't make it usher. Because it belongs to us. You can't prohibit something that belongs to someone else. So since Avraham Avinu was the one who turned it into the mountain, and the first thing that was done on that mountain was the Akedah, so therefore very nice, the Goyim came later and made Avodazar out of it. They can't do anything. We already staked our claim. At the very inception of it being a mountain, it was already turned into the Makom of, of worshipping Hashem. And therefore, you know what Tosis means? that it was determined where the Beis HaMikdash would be based on a Navi. Because like this. You can only build the Beis HaMikdash on a mountain. But you can only use a mountain that was once a valley and turned into a mountain. Who would know that? 
Only a Navi. That's what it means. So actually, the Beis HaMikdash was built on Har HaMoriah because it was the only mountain that turned into a mountain. Okay, that's just a side point of interest. Let's come back to the Akedah for a moment. Okay? Look at number 10. An amazing Pirkei Rebbe Lezer, an amazing Medrash. The Medrash tells us, Rabbi Huda Oimer, Rabbi Huda says the following, once the sword touched the neck of Yitzchak, Yitzchak passed away. Not like you learned in kindergarten, right? In kindergarten you learned, Avraham takes Yitzchak up to the Akedah, and he's about to shecht him, Avraham, don't do anything, oh, okay, fine, everything's wonderful. Says the Medrash, no, it's not wonderful. Yitzchak died. As the knife was about to hit him, he died. No, it didn't hit him yet. He just passed out. He passed away. However, so when did he come back to life? When the voice of God was heard emanating from between the two kruvim, biyamar, and it said, don't touch the kid, his soul returned. He unties the knots. He gets up. And Yitzchak sees, hey, there is Tchiyas HaMesim. There is something called Tchiyas HaMesim in the Torah. Shekal HaMesim Asim Lechaz. Yeah, it could happen. Ba'oyz HaShah, Pasach V'yomar, Baruch Ata HaShem, Mechayi HaMesim. It says this in the Chumash now. It's a medrash. It's a medrash. So here's the question. The question is, why did HaShem have that happen that way? Hashem didn't want Avraham to kill Yitzhak. That wasn't his intention. His intention was bring him up. Once you brought him up, you pass the test. So why would Hashem have it that Avraham got to the point where Yitzhak, for whatever, got so scared that he actually died? Says the Malbim. An amazing thing. By the way, Arachayim HaKadr says something else that maybe we'll get to. Maybe we won't. Says the Malbim an incredible thing. Does anyone remember when Avraham heard the report that he was going to have children, what did Abraham say? Can't be. Can't be. Why not? Too old. I'm too old. And Abraham said, I know it can't be. Why? He looked, in the stars. he looked in the stars. And he saw in his astrological stars, we spoke about this the night of Hoshana Rabbah. He saw, right, there's a concept that God guides the world through the Mazalos. He saw Abraham will not have children. So Abraham said to God, what do you mean I'm going to have? I see, it's not possible. So, Avraham, so Hashem said to Avram, don't worry, I'll make a miracle. It's true. The astrological signs seem to say you won't, but I will make a miracle that you will. Says the Malbim. That means that naturally, the natural makeup of the universe is that Yitzchak should not exist, that Avram should not have a child, that the stars would like to see the destruction of Yitzchak. That means all forces of nature would like to see him be obliterated. But Hashem is making a miracle. That means every second, while the forces of nature are trying to destroy Abraham's descendants, God is making miracle after miracle to allow Yitzchak to exist. However, says Amabim, if God is making a miracle, that means God will only make the miracle so long as Yitzchak and his descendants deserve it. As long as they deserve the miracle. If God has to make a miracle, God will only do it if they deserve the miracle. But the moment they stop deserving the miracle, God will say, look, I can't keep on changing nature. And the force of nature will come crashing down 
And that would be the end of the Jewish people. What about Islam? What? What about Islam? Everyone, all the descendants of Abraham. Okay, so what does Hashem do? Hashem says, yeah, this, is not, this plan of making a miracle to allow Yitzchak to exist, despite the force of nature, we've got to come up with a better plan. Hashem says, I will let the forces of nature have what they want. What do they want? They want to see Yitzchak not here. He's not here anymore. Now Yitzchak is returned. He has a new neshama. This is a different Yitzchak. When Yitzchak got up again, that wasn't the same Yitzchak. That was a new creation. That was a new creation of the Jewish people who is not controlled whatsoever by the force of nature. He's not, the laws of nature were not out to get this new Yitzchak. They were out to get the old Yitzchak. Hashem had Yitzchak pass away to allow the force fine. You know, I was able to do the miracle long enough, but I need a better system. The better system is new Yitzchak, Yitzchak number two. Okay, new and improved. That's how the Malvin learns why there, there, okay, yeah. How come he didn't get a new name? Like, Yaakov Avinu, he got named Israel. How come Isaac, after passing such a tremendous uh, metamorphosis, uh, he wasn't even granted a new I don't know. Because I don't know. It was, it was a new creature. So it was, it was a totally new thing. I don't know. I don't know. But listen to what the, the mom says. If you notice, if you look in the Akedah, before Yitzchak is shachted, what is God called? Then it continues. They said, uh, God's name appears as Elohim. After, after Abraham takes the sword against Yitzchak and Yitzchak returns, Yod Kevavke Hashem. Why? Because Elohim represents nature. Until the, the Akedah was Hashem saying, the laws of nature want to see Yitzchak not exist. That's what's going to happen. But as soon as that happens, Hashem, Hashem. Now Hashem, Hashem is Yitzchak above the laws of nature. Now Hashem says, I've created a Klai that exists above the laws of nature. So until the beginning of the Akedah, Hashem's name is only Elohim. After Yitzchak is taken, Yitzchak. Now the Mavim says uh, something incredible. Does anybody remember... It says in Parshas uh, Toldois, the end of Yitzchak's life, it says, His eyes were dimmed. Why were his eyes dimmed? Right at the end of his life, he had a hard time seeing. Why? So Rashi says, because at the Akedah, the Malachim were crying. The angels were crying. And the tears of the Malachim went into Yitzchak's eyes, and they, they uh, dimmed his eyes. So the Mabu wants to know, why were the Malachim crying at the Akedah? What were they crying about? What were they crying? Why were they crying? What were they crying? This is what Hashem wants. What they were sad, they were, they were, they were, they had, uh, they were warm and mushy Malachim, they were nice fuzzy Malachim. Why were they crying? Want they So why did you change his mind? No, I want to know why were the Malachim crying? Because Hashem didn't want it, and he was misreading it. So what were they crying? Malachim are compassionate? No. Malachim have feelings? No. So what were they crying? Because 
he's doing the wrong thing. Well, every time someone does the wrong thing, Malachim cry? He's not, every, he's not everybody. He's not when every time Avram does an Avera, Malachim cry? It's not Avera. It's much stronger than Avera. What? This is much stronger than Avera. Another question. Take a look in the Pesukim. Look in Pasuk, Yud Beis. David, you want to open the windows here? Pasuk Yud Beis. Vayoymer al tishach yod chalanar. The Malach says, don't send your hand toward the child. Don't do anything to him. Because now I know. That you're God-fearing. And you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Right? Me many, from me. What's the Malach talking about? Now I know you're God-fearing. Why? Because you have not withheld your son from me. What do you mean from me? Avram wasn't bringing Yitzchak to the Malach. What does the Malach mean? Now I know you're God feeling because why? Because you have not withheld your son from me. What do you mean from me? It should say from Hashem. May Hashem. What do you mean you have not withheld your son from me? Hashem is talking. No, the Malach is talking. The Malach is talking. What What does it mean? Now I know you're God feeling because you have not withheld your son from me. What, Avram was bringing the child to the Malach? He wasn't bringing the child to the Malach. Says the Malbim something incredible. Every time a person does a mitzvah, you create a malach. Right? In fact, the marsha says, Anybody hear, ever hear that Gemara? It's a Gemara Makas. In the way that you want to go, Molichanoso, they bring you. Who's the they? It should say, oh. says the marsha. Every time you think something good, every time you say something good, every time you do something good, you create a malach. And these malachim escort you in that way. You do a mitzvah, you create a malach. The malachim help you continue to do more mitzvahs. You do an avera, you create a malach. These malachim bring you in the other way. Every, so that, that means like this. Abraham got up early in the morning, created a malach. He took the wood, created a malach. He saddled a donkey, created a malach. He walked, created a malach. Every footstep, malach, 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 malach. Hundreds of thousands of malachim are created on the way to do the akedah. Now, the, the only way to create a malach is if you're doing a mitzvah. If what you're doing is not a mitzvah, if it's an avera, you're not going to create a good malach. So, like this. All of these malachim knew that at the end of the day, God did not want Abraham to shecht Yitzchak. The malachim knew that. So, which means that so long as Abraham is not going to shecht Yitzchak, all of these actions of Abraham are actions of preparation leading up to a mitzvah. So, when Abraham saddled the donkey... It was a mitzvah. As long as Avraham doesn't eventually kill Yitzchak, if he's going to kill Yitzchak, then it t- turns out that everything that Avraham did was an Avera, and retroactively all of these acts of preparation were nothing. So the Malach was created when he woke up early in the morning. Another Malach was created when he saddled the donkey, when he got the wood, when he got the knife. Until Avraham was about to shecht Yitzchak, and then the Malachim are wondering, if he's going to shecht Yitzchak, we will self-destruct. We will no longer exist. Why? Because that means all of these acts were not an act of doing the will of God. They were an act leading up to murder. Because we know God doesn't want him to kill him. We know God only wants Abraham to bring him up. So if Abraham goes through with the act, then retroactively all of his acts of preparation will have been... I will not. Because they're about to be destroyed. The Malachim. They weren't crying for Yitzchak. 
they're crying for themselves. Ah, they get emotional, oh, but still, they, why, why would they get emotional? So they're yeah. they, they yeah, like they're robots, welcome. they're not... Uh, they'll come back. They only one function, they were yeah. created, that's it. Uh, what what it, it, it is, like, like by Hevel, Kayan... They're not emotional. Like Kayan Hevel, right? It's called the Merachicha, Shoachim Alai. The offsprings, the people would have been born from the well, there's some disturbance over there. What's it again? Just like by Kayan and Hevel. Yeah. The uh, the the Malachim were crying. The Kodem Erechicha, the offspring that would have been born through Yitzchak were crying. So maybe that that those were crying. The people would have been born from Yitzchak were crying. The Malachim also. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know exactly what it means. Malachim are crying, but. That, they were not crying for Yitzhak. They were crying because they themselves are about... Now listen to how the Vilna Gon reads the Pasuk. Ready for this? He says, Atta yadati, now I know. Kirele that you're God-fearing. How do I know? What do you mean? You're not, what does he mean, me many? Because you didn't withhold him from me? Nobody asked you to bring him to me. No, you know how the Malach, we know what the Malach says. The Malach says, you know how I know how God-fearing you are? Because I look at myself. And I am the strongest, biggest, smartest, best malach ever created in the history of the universe. So, ato yodati, now I know, ki kimata, that you're God-fearing. Why? Me many. By looking at myself, the malach says. When I see how big I am, how great I am, and how strong I am, now I know no one had ever done a mitzvah like you did. That's how the Vilna Gaon reads the passage. Not that you didn't withhold him from me. The fact that you didn't withhold him shows me how great you are. How do I know that? Me many, from me, by looking at myself. That's what the Malach meant. By looking at me many, I know it from me. Okay, now we're going to turn to... an. related. Why if somebody does... If, if somebody... Yeah, Avram created a Malach. He created a Malach, right? Yeah. Why the fact that... I, I'm going to take your question after, okay? Let's just let's let's conclude with uh, how the Malbim understands the uh, the Ma'isa the Akita. Again, and let's let's review how we learned the Akita in kindergarten, right? This this is how we learned it in kindergarten. Avravino, nice old guy. He's tell, Hashem tells him shecht your son. Avram is about to shecht him, and Hashem says the Malbim comes and says, "Don't do it." Avram says, "Fine, no problem." And then Hashem says, "Oh, Avram, I love you. You're a great guy. You know you should be blessed, right?" And after that, Avraham finds a ram, and Avraham says, Oh, great! I might as well bring a ram if I can't bring Yitzchak. No, that's not what happened. Okay? What happened? I have a question for you. The Malach comes and gives Avraham a compliment. Look in Pasuk Yud Gimel. Avraham, uh, the Malach says, Avraham, Avram, you're a great guy because you did not withhold Yitzchak. Fine. Then now take a look in Pasuk Tesvav. By the way, just in the meantime, Avraham finds a ram. And Avraham, the Pasuk says, look in Pasuk Yud Gimel, after the Malach makes Avraham feel good by saying you're a really great guy, Avraham sees a ram caught up in the bushes, and Avraham takes the ram and he brings it up as an oila, tachas benoi. How did we learn in kindergarten? What does it mean, tachas benoi? Instead of, right? In kindergarten, that's what the Mora said. Instead of the sun. Fine. And then what happened? Fine. Now the Malach calls out again. The Malach calls out again from heaven. And he says, Avram, 
I swear to you. Avram, you're a great guy because you did not withhold Yitzchak. So if I was Avram, you know what I would have told the Malach? You just told me that two minutes ago. You just gave me that compliment. You just said, you're great because What's the Malach adding in this? The next speech is the exact same thing again. Avram, you're great because you didn't withhold Yitzchak. Okay, yeah. No? What are you adding? You just said that the first time. And well, what's going on? And another problem I'll ask you. Could you somebody please tell me, if Hashem comes to you, Gabi, and He tells you to do something, right? So fine, you're going to go do it. I come to you, I say, Gabi, I'm a Navi. Don't do it. She so say, Rabbi, get lost. God take, if God felt it was important enough to tell me to do something, if He doesn't want me to do it, you know what? He would tell me Himself, right? That's what, that's what our religion is based on. God gave us the Torah. Other religions say, God changed His mind. Yes, yeah, so we say to them, if God changed His mind, don't you think He would have been nice enough to tell us about that, right? So Abraham was told by God, take your son. So now a Malach comes and says, Hashem doesn't want you to do it. Abraham should have said, look, <laughs> until I get word from the, the commander-in-chief, so I don't listen to the, you know, lieutenant. It seems to be that somebody held his hand. He didn't uh, stop because somebody told him to stop. Look. Someone held his hand? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. The, 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 what? It's a kindergarten story. I don't know that. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, no, maybe. I don't know. I'm not aware of that. Okay. Says the Malbim, if you thought the Nisoyen or the Akedah was Hashem tells Avraham, take Yitzchak up, and Avraham does that, that's not what it was. That was step one. That's child's play. Child's play is, Hashem tells Avraham to take up Yitzchak. He takes up Yitzchak. But then what happens is, the Malach comes and says, don't do it! So Avraham says, don't do it? Look, I'll, you know what? You're, you're a nice guy, Mr. Malach. I could trust you, but on the other hand, God told me to do it. So I'm going to wait right here, and I'm going to wait for Hashem Himself to tell me what to do. As he's saying those words, you know what Abraham sees? A ram. He says to himself, what, where did this ram come from? Obviously, God is telling me, I don't have to take Yitzchak. God is saying, I accept a ram. So what does Abraham do? The word tachas doesn't mean instead of in Tanakh. It means underneath. Vihishanu tachas oetz. Mi tachas hashamayim. Doesn't mean instead of the heavens. Doesn't mean instead of the tree. It means under the tree. Yitzchak's on top. The ram's on the bottom. Avram says, what Hashem is telling me is, I don't have to do Yitzchak. I'll accept the ram. Says Avraham, that's very nice, Hashem will accept the ram. But since Hashem has not told me, I don't have to do Yitzchak, I will pass the greatest test ever. That even though God has told me He accepts a ram, I'm still going to shecht Yitzchak. I'm still, in other words, even though God is saying, I'll accept the ram as a substitute. Avraham says, but if Hashem told me to do it, that means the best thing would be Still to shecht Yitzchak. But Avraham didn't know what to do. So you know what he said? I'm going to wait. Hashem Yireh. Hashem will show me. In other words, Avraham, even after 
Hashem showed him the ram. What would we have done? Okay, our ram, great. We'll do the ram. You know, if you accept the ram, fine. Let's, uh, you know, anybody else, he would have quickly shechted the ram. If Hashem's going to accept the ram, of course. Abraham said, no. Maybe in the eyes of Hashem, Yitzhak would still be better. Says the Malbi, you know what that's like? Imagine if the king goes to someone's house in the winter, it's freezing outside, or, you know, in the shul when the, when the heat is broken. And uh, the king says, I need some heat. So the guy says, look, I have no money, but I have some firewood. And the guy takes his firewood and he burns it for the king. Fine, very nice, he's good to the king. Then the king goes to another friend. And this guy is rich. And uh, the king is cold. And he's thinking, I really should burn some firewood for the king. He says, no, I'll do even better. I'll take my expensive couch and I'll burn it for the king. And I'll show the king that even though I have wood, I want to serve the king with the best thing. That's what Avraham Avinu did. Even after Hashem showed him the ram, and Avraham brought it, Tachas Benoi, still Avraham said, I'm going to still go with Yitzchak. Says the Pasuk, Vayikra Malach Hashem al Avraham Sheinis Menashmaim. The Malach calls out a second time. Look in the Pasuk. Vayoymer, and he said, First I want you to know, Be Nishbati Neum Hashem. You know what those words mean? Nishbati, I swear. Binoam Hashem. This time it's not me talking, it's Hashem Himself talking. That's what it means. Nishbati, I swear. Binoam Hashem. Avram said, look, if Hashem told me to do it, then I need to hear word directly from God. I'm not going to listen to a malach. So the malach comes and says, Nishbati, I swear. I'm not just a messenger relaying information. The word of God is in me. This is God speaking. And then look carefully at the Pesukim. Yan asher osisas hadavar Because you did this. What's the this? Different than the first time. The first time, Hashem, Abraham was just willing to bring up Yitzchak. But now Hashem says, now that you're willing to do this, you know what the this is? That you're willing to bring up Yitzchak, even though I was willing to accept a substitute. Then... Then, now I will bless you. What does that mean? I will bless you. Because we learned that had it not been for the Akedah, then the old Yitzchak would have still been there. And the old Yitzchak was constantly under the duress and the attack of the forces of the world. So what happened? Hashem said, but now that you did the Akedah, and Parcha Nishmasai, his soul departed. And this is a new Yitzchak. Now he's not subject to all this. And God says, I will bless you. Says the Malbam. You know what it means? You'll be like the sand on the sea. The same way I have a treaty with the sand. That the water tries come, coming crashing down on the sand. But we made a deal at the Malbam. Won't cross. The world will not be flooded. This, thank you. The dirt will always be there. That's the brach I give to Kali now. Now that you are Zohar to do this Nesayon, and we have a new Yitzchak, and a new continuity of Kali now you'll be Kachal Asfasayam, no one could destroy you. Now you'll last forever. By the way, that's what we say in Davening. We say in Alekai Nitzar, our soul should be like dust. What does that mean, our soul should be like dust? Taisa says, just like dust will never be destroyed, the world, right? It's always hit around. 
We're asking Banisham to preserve Kla Yisrael for all eternity. Ad Yemais HaMashiach, Ad Biyas Gael Tzedek, Mehavi Amen. Shkayach.